The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed to be cured. The day was drawing to a close, and the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away, so that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside to lodge and get provisions, for we are here in a deserted place. But Jesus said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people for there were about 5,000 men. And Jesus said to his disciples, Make the people sit down in groups of about 50 each. They did so and made them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowds. And all ate and were filled. What was left over was gathered up, Twelve baskets of broken pieces. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, today we celebrate this beautiful solemnity of Christ's body and blood. The reading really set out the sacrament very clearly under two provisions, and that's what I'd like to highlight. The first provision is that the Eucharist is a sacrificial offering. Now that's set out in the first reading from Genesis chapter 14 when the first time the priest is mentioned in the scriptures, he's bringing out bread and wine. And he's offering a thanksgiving sacrifice to God because of the great victory that Abraham secured over five foreign kings who had kidnapped his nephew Lot and his family. Abraham was over 80 years old at the time, yet he managed to secure an army. They went and defeated these five kings. He's bringing Lot back, and Melchizedek comes out, congratulates Abraham for this victory, and wants to give praise to God. Now notice he's offering bread and wine as an unbloody sacrifice to God. Then he blesses Abraham, and Abraham pays a tithe to the priest. So there we have the essentials of actually what we do at every Mass. Because we have the priest, we have bread and wine, it's a sacrificial offering of thanksgiving, and there's a collection, a tithe, and there's a blessing by the priest to the congregation. Abraham represents the congregation, Melchizedek represents the priesthood, So this is all sort of captured in the very first book of the Bible, and it's an offering. Now, this 10% tithe that was given was the Old Testament estimation of what should be offered. In the New Testament, when Christ comes on the scene, he is the high priest, and he brings the true sacrifice of himself at the Last Supper, and we see that in the second reading here from St. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians, chapter 11. Now, Paul's rendition here is the first written account of the Last Supper. 
This predates the Gospels by almost 20 years. And Paul is saying, what I hand on to you is what was handed on to me, which means it goes way back before St. Paul wrote this first letter to the Corinthians, which was written about 50 AD, which means it goes all the way back really to the beginning, which is why he's able to quote the very words of Jesus at the Last Supper. This is my body that is for you. And then he takes the cup. He says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. So there we have the offering, truly now. Christ himself, the high priest, in the order of Melchizedek. This is truly a sacrifice because it's truly Christ who will, the following day on Good Friday, shed his blood, offer his body for our redemption. But he doesn't want to leave it there. He actually makes this a whole sacrament, which is why we're here this morning, because he says, do this in memory of me. To the apostles, you, first bishops of the church, do exactly what I've done. Bread and wine are brought out. It's offered to God. Prayers are prayed over the bread and wine, as we know. It becomes Christ himself. Christ offers himself, to, and then we offer our lives back to God, uniting your sacrifice of your lives to Christ's offering to the Father. And Jesus, in the rest of the Gospels, he says to the widow who gave the two mites, which were the last she had, that this was very commendable. And he goes on to say, where your treasure is, there is your heart. So we have all the elements of the offering. That's why this Mass, every Mass, is meant to be vibrant and alive. Because we're here, and we're all part of the offering. You have a role to play through the week, through your prayers, and reading ahead, meditating on the Gospels for the Sunday, expectant to receive Christ on that particular Sunday, you come here with hearts on fire. And that makes the whole liturgy alive. Because you know what's happening. We're receiving Christ himself, not a figure or a representation, Christ in the very offering. And as Jesus says, whoever eats my body and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will raise him up on the last day. The second aspect, besides the offering, is the meal, and that's in today's Gospel. Jesus makes specific preparation for that meal aspect by a great miracle of changing a little bit of bread and fish into multitude to feed 5,000. Now notice here the specific wording of Luke's rendition. He says this was a deserted place. Now in the word deserted is the word desert. And then he says, make the people sit down in groups of 50. Both of those are references to the first exodus when the people of Israel came out of Egypt and went through the desert. And Moses, representing God, made them sit down in groups of thousands, hundreds, fifties. So what Jesus is doing here is saying to the people, this is a new exodus. You're coming not out of Egypt, 
physical slavery, you're coming out of sin. This is the true exodus. And then he points forward to what he's going to do at the Last Supper by actually using the very four action verbs that he will use at the Last Supper and that we use at every Mass. He took, blessed, broke, and he gave the five loaves and two fish. Those are words of consecration that he will repeat at the Last Supper and the bishops who were there remembered that and they used the same throughout all the rest of time. And here we are today being nourished by Christ himself as we go through the desert of our lives because sometimes it is a struggle, the world we live in, our own difficulties, we're being nourished and we're being strengthened. So when we take those two aspects, the offering and the meal, banquet, both of them are uniting us together because we're offering ourselves together. We're here as the body of Christ, offering us in unison. And then when we come for the Eucharist, we're coming to receive the same Christ, the unity of the same body. That's why we become the body of Christ, truly united. The church that God wanted, one faith, one Lord, one baptism because we're called to go out into the world that's fractured and broken and bring that unity and love and invite them into this great banquet of salvation. That's what we are celebrating today. Let us ponder this, pray over it, reflect through the week what we're actually happening in our lives and thank God. We come back next Sunday and we receive the body and blood of Christ, we bring our tithe, we bring our offerings, we're nourished, we're strengthened, we're saved. It's a glorious feast. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done for us. May we continue to offer ourselves every day in unison with you to the Father, one God, one church, one body of Christ, and it all points to heaven where we will be truly gathered in the wedding banquet of the Lamb. Truly the celebration where we will offer praise to God and we will be fed on the beatific vision and united evermore.